When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies, like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Welcome to Get a Grip with Shane Bacon, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Get a Grip Podcast. Uh, hope you guys have had a great week. It's kind of a kind of a weird feeling when there's not really golf going on. I know that there's some PGA Tour events going on and the LPGA's across the pond, but, you know, you, you just kind of this is it. Corn Ferry's done. Ryder Cup is done. The whatever they're calling the fall series. What are FedEx Fall? Is that where we're at right now? The FedEx Fall is upon us. And, I mean, you know, it. It's not as exciting maybe as it's been in the past, which is totally fine, and I'm totally okay with it. But yeah, golf, uh, a weird little offseason. How about that? Uh, a different episode today, as you know if you live in areas that I live in, in the Northeast or in the northern parts of the country or Canada or wherever you might live, as it's kind of getting cooler, it's about to be sim season. And if you live in Arizona or Florida, you don't understand this, but sim season is very important for golfers and as we've learned post-pandemic, the simulator world has blown up. And so I wanted to get someone on that could chat a little bit more about that world. I just find it interesting. I don't have a simulator at my house. I don't really have a place to put it. Uh, I don't know how much I love hitting indoors, but I'm becoming more familiar with it and I'm a little bit more into it than I was maybe two years ago. I also understand that if you live somewhere where it's cold, that's your only real opportunity to go out and swing them. So uh, I, I brought on someone that knows a lot about this space, both pre-2020 and post-2020, and uh, I was interested in some of the answers because, again, I feel like the sim world we all know about, but we don't really dive into it as much as maybe we feel like we should, and so that's kind of the purpose of today's episode. So if you're ever interested in getting a simulator, or if you're preparing for simulator season, or if you're someone that loves them and wants to learn a little bit more about them, this is the episode for you. I uh, hope you guys enjoy it. And we'll be back next week.
All right, we're joined by Carl Markstead right now. Carl is, of course, uh, the name, the face. What do you want to be called of Carl's place? I mean, uh, the Carl, the, of course. The, the Carl, <laughs> of it, the brain behind it. Um, I, I wanted to have a chat with you about this obviously booming kind of uh, industry right now that is the indoor simulator space because, you know, with, with COVID and, and everybody building up their homes more and, and wanting to be at home, obviously, from 2020 on, this has been a big part of golf and it's been um, it's kind of been a new part of golf, at least to me, um, you know, the simulator space was always a, a different world and you'd yeah. go to a PJ tour superstore, or you'd uh, you know, you'd go to a van, something like that. And you might hit into a screen, but other than that, it was outside and that has changed a lot. Um, how has the popularity been? Was it 2020? Was it COVID that became, yeah. made, took this from kind of a novelty to now maybe something that's in the, in the normal kind of vernacular of the industry? Yeah, it was certainly growing before that. I mean, we we started doing golf stuff kind of 2015, 2014, and it was growing pretty steadily. We saw some pretty big gains in 2018 and 2019. But yeah, then, you know, the winter of 2020, when everyone was afraid they were going to be stuck inside without being able to go out, that's when we saw a lot of people wanting to build these setups in their homes. And Carl, you're a guy that lives in Wisconsin. I now live in the Northeast. I, uh, yeah. for a long time, didn't understand the uh, indoor <laughs> practicing that is needed in the winter. But I mean, yeah. you know, for like my, I mean, I live in an area in Connecticut where people are obsessed with golf and they're obsessed with playing and the season is, you know, shorter than it is in Florida or Arizona, places like that. But I have been surprised by the simulator spaces at country clubs and yeah. how many of these businesses are obviously out and about where you can go hit. And then taking that a step further, you see people that have the simulators at their homes where they can practice all year round. And it's becoming, again, more of a, of a popular thing that we've really, really seen over the last, at least for me, over the last few years. Yeah, absolutely. We, we've seen all those same kind of trends where, you know, we, we worked with a local golf course here who got rid of their pro shop and put Sims in because he was like, yeah, no one ever buys anything here anyway. So, <laughs> you know, they, they get a lot more people at the bar wanting something to do. So that was their decision. Um, but yeah, I agree. I mean, you, you see, you see it expanding kind of in every direction. Carl, I want to go back to a, a story I'm interested in hearing because I was reading through a bit of your story and a lot of this originated from Mario Kart. Now I'm, <laughs> I'm 39 years old. Mario yeah. Kart was a big part of my yeah. uh, youth and growing up. And I think I think my wife and I had an N64 when we were living in Arizona, and we would battle a, a little bit yep. with that over time. Can you take us through the Mario Kart story? <laughs> well, uh, I was in college and living with some buddies, and we liked to play Mario Kart a lot. We played We played a lot of Mario Kart, and we had a projector in our living room um, that got a lot of use for that. And... We also, um, as a as kind of a hobby, uh, we liked to spend like a Friday, Saturday night outside by a burn pile. One of my friends was in the business of uh, restoring prairies. And so he would always have these big piles of brush that he needed to burn and get rid of. So we'd go, hey, let's all go up to the brush pile. And I wish we could play Mario Kart while we were out here. <laughs> and so that's kind of how it started with, we got to find a big, you know, white thing to put on the side of this barn. And then we can bring all the Mario Kart stuff out and sit by the fire and play Mario Kart. And yeah, so it all got started. Um, you know, I got in touch with a, a fabric supplier who was willing to sell me a whole roll of this super wide fabric. 
and I only needed one piece. So, you know, I put it up on some message boards and said, Hey, if anyone else wants to do this, I got some extra material and it, it took off, you know, everyone wanted some for doing the same thing. And um, that's how we got started was, was those outdoor theaters. Uh, we expanded from there. So. And, and Carl, that world has grown. You know, I mean, I think about projection screens 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. And versus, a, you know, a, a new age HDTV at the time. And it wasn't even close, right? I mean, the HDTV would always win that battle. It feels like that projection world has caught up, if not surpassed it. And I mean, I've got buddies of mine that, you know, I mean, Sunday Night Football's on. We're watching it on a projection screen on their backyard. And I mean, you're watching it yeah. and it looks amazing. Like it doesn't look like it used to look. No, yeah. The the brightness of projectors you can buy now and you get a 4K, you know, they're they're really amazing for not that much money. And so yeah, there's that's that's still something we do here and there. Um, golf has pretty much taken over everything. We we do relatively little of the backyard stuff now, but it's still there. You can still find it on our site if you want to build an outdoor screen. So, 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 okay. So let's go Mario Kart to today because yeah. again, I mean, I, I'm always fascinated with businesses because businesses obviously start either with an idea or with the light popping up over your head, right? I mean, oh, I could do this for a living. Yeah. What did you want to do? Like, what was your dream job when you were 16 years old? Yeah. And at what point were you thinking to yourself, I could make a business out of this idea that I had sitting out in the backyard with my buddies around a fire. Yeah. Well, um, I was the type of guy who had not a lot of direction on that, you know, as in my teen years. And I went to a couple of different colleges and, and didn't like it and bounced around a little bit. Eventually I decided I wanted to do, uh, like product design engineering, um, you know, work with, you know, designing new products, bringing them to market, things like that. And that's what I kind of settled on and went into. Um, but at the same time, I was the type of guy who always had something on eBay. You know, I had I had a silly little website where I had, I sold moped parts, you know, that were hard to find <laughs> that I would grab. Um, I was always looking for some little, you know, scheme to make a little money on the side. And that's all the projector screen thing was at first. I thought, well, great, I'll buy another roll, you know, put another one out there. And it just, you know, just grinding for, for the few years after that, you know, every day coming home from school, cutting, you know, four or five pieces of fabric in my living room and shipping it out. Um, eventually, um, you know, eventually I was in, I graduated, I was, had a real job in engineering and I was getting bugged by customers all day and my bosses didn't care much for that. <laughs> and so, um, I had a, I had a job that dried up and I said, you know what, I think I could just do this full time instead of, you know, keeping it going on the side. And that's, that's, you know, that was in 2010 where I really kind of um, dedicated my full-time attention to it. And that's, you know, uh, increased a lot from there. We, um, we did uh, got a bunch of other materials, different projector screen materials, higher end ones, better for outside. We started making these, these structures where we sold the fittings so you could build, you know, like a nine by 16 foot structure to hang your screen on. And that was, that was our thing. That was what we did for several years until, you know, 2014 or so people would start calling and asking me like, can I hit a golf ball into the screen? And I'd say, <laughs> no, we tried it. It goes right through, <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah, then eventually I got, I, I found a supplier that could do a, an impact you know, capable screen. So I bought some and said, sure, we'll, we'll put that out there for people who want it. And yeah, the rest is kind of history where that just 
everyone wanted that, you know, in the, in the years that followed, all of our attention went that direction. So here we are. Yeah. I mean, you, you talk about the boom in the business and of course, COVID was a big boom for golf in a lot of different yeah. ways, but you know, from a golf course perspective, it, during COVID, all you have to do is be open, right? I mean, be open. Yeah. Maybe you put noodles in the holes, do whatever the case may be in terms of social distancing. For your company, it must have been different obstacles to go through because you guys have to go into homes and build these simulators. And this is all through COVID when everybody doesn't know what's going on and people are scared and there's protocols to be had. How did you manage the business boom while also trying to navigate this space that everybody was was relatively unsure of? Well, that, that's the, that's a huge advantage of what we do. We we don't go into people's homes. We we do everything do it yourself. So so we ship you all the stuff you need, and you put it together, you know, as if it were a big piece of furniture. So um, I think that worked very well for people because, like you said, it was it was weird having people in your home at that time. It, for it, sure, no one no one wanted to deal with that. Um, so this was a solution where people could go online and be like, oh, I can just order one of these things. And it's a project. You know, everyone was looking for these projects during that time. And it was just a really good fit for a lot of people. How is the process go for someone that orders something in terms of it being shipped to their house? How long is that? process take because because in theory it's a do-it-yourself project right yeah. i mean you're building this in your home once it's it's made you know for you it's scaled for you when you get it at the house i'm you know i'm a i'm a novice yeah uh, handyman yeah what's that process like for me is that a two-day deal is it a week no. is it okay a couple hours it's it's like putting together a tent really you really yeah, the, the structure itself is made of pipes and fittings. So you you put the pipe in the fitting, tighten it down, and then you have your structure that that the whole thing hangs on. And then the rest of it is just Velcro, bungees, zip ties, things like that, and you're off to go. So yeah, most people, even doing it by yourself, two, three hours, if you got a buddy to help, one or two, that's very doable. So buy the pizza, buy the beer, come help me yep. out. It's kind of like moving, you know, it's yep. like, a, that's, yeah. that's always the deal to do that. Play around when we're done. Uh, Carl, how do you keep up with technology? Because I'm, I'm assuming this technology is ever changing. Yeah. Like, I mean, how fast is the technology changing for Sims at home? Because to think about what it used to look like, yeah. I mean, I'm not going back that far 10 years ago. No, it was very different versus 2023. I mean, you're talking about substantial changes. The the changes we saw in, like I said, 2017, 18, 19, um, that's when this stuff really, you know, really high end accuracy became available at a reasonable price. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it seems like all the time, you know, all the different launch monitor companies are trying, you know, something new and we get right on it and and get one in here and put it head to head against some of the other equipment and learn about it. And yeah, it's um, that's that's one of the funner parts, you know, seeing all the, the development. So happy to, happy to do that stuff i mean are you will will you go to someone's house if they ask like if they were like hey we want you to show up and do this we want it to be yeah. a substantial build out or they have a garage i mean i've seen people build these in storage units you know i mean there yeah. are unique unique uh obstacles i'd say to go through sometimes with <laughs> people yeah, yeah, we definitely do. Um, you know, we we personally like Carl's Place does not tend to to do that, but we have a list of partners kind of all around the country that are resellers for us. And so, if you really have to have you know someone to hold your hand a little more, <laughs> we can connect you with someone kind of local who can help you out. I think accuracy is something that I've always said. You know, you think about Sims, and again, I think a lot of people's minds, and maybe that's changing now, but at least my brain with Sims has typically gone to a store. And I think mm -hmm. about 
trying out wedges or trying out new irons or hitting a driver to a store. And everybody kind of walks away skeptical if those numbers are accurate. Yeah. I think accuracy has always been the obstacle that you guys, even if you're not trying to jump over it, you're having to convince people that it's true. Yeah. How accurate are Sims these days? And how do you sell that to people that are a bit skeptical maybe of if these numbers are going to be the same as if I'm going out on a driving range hitting balls? Yeah. I mean, we, we test that on a regular basis. We take these units out to a driving range, you know, measure where the ball went and what does the data say? And it's pretty darn close. It's, you know, single, single digit percentages off, um, which at that point, you know, you get a gust of wind when you hit a ball, you're, you know, you're going to be off. So yeah, totally. um, it's as, as far as I'm concerned, it's close enough. You know, even if you're the type of person who knows exactly how far you hit your irons you might be able to compensate and say yeah on the sim i regularly hit them like eight yards farther than usual you know what i mean but if you use it enough you can figure that out and and know carl the the something i've learned you know with my partnership with ping is a lot of the testing that they do is in a controlled environment. And when I say that, yeah. I mean, it is in, it's covered. There's no wind. There's no, they try to do right. it when there's zero wind outside or there's zero water on the club face or zero water on the golf ball. Because when that happens, you know, stuff goes berserk in terms of what yeah. the numbers might look like. So somebody that actually uses a SIM indoors in theory could get more accurate numbers than if they were taken out, you know, a track man to the driving range and hitting there because there were factors that are going to be involved that won't be involved inside. Yeah, absolutely. The you know, we we generally find that the different launch monitor technologies are pretty um uh, uh pretty you know stable relative to themselves. So you might find that a particular launch monitor, you know, off, you know, will give you an extra couple of percent every time, but it's generally pretty repeatable. And so that's where if you're someone who really knows your shot well, you can you can understand that and compensate for it. Um and yeah, it just it's much easier to eliminate all those variables, like you said, wind, moisture all the atmospheric conditions you have to consider, um, you know, the launch monitor is going to give you real raw data. You know, your spin was this, your launch angle was that. And, you know, depending on where you are in the world, that might do different things, but you can compare the raw data, you know, head to head and it's pretty good. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA six man of the year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah I, yeah because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard he don't care about guarding he's gonna guard he's gonna exactly. guard like you see him in the olympics <laughs> he's gonna guard and then on I'm top of it like that, see that ladies and gentlemen please welcome sam cassell to point game i remember you came out from crying tears <laughs> crying tears. i mean he was in a culture shock and then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning remember what i told you i said i said oh you think i can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. When you think about the way golf has changed over the last few years, I think one of the biggest changes has been the ability to practice in and around your home. And of course, with that has come the explosion of golf simulators. Imagine being able to play golf no matter the weather, which is important where I live, having all of those statistics and metrics at your fingertips, playing the world's most exclusive golf courses, all from the comfort of your own home. My friends at Carl's Place can make this dream a reality, offering custom down-to-the-inch and 
enclosures and impact screens, launch monitors, software, projectors, hitting mats, and so much more. Carl's Place has something for every space and every budget. From easy to set up do-it-yourself kits to completely custom-designed golf rooms, Carl's Place can make it happen. Enhance the house. Play a little golf at home. Check out Carl's Place online at carloft.com. For 10% off any Carl's Place branded products, use our promo code GETAGRIP. That's all one word, get a grip at checkout and make your indoor golf dreams a reality. Where are you guys the most popular? Like, where do you guys see the most success? Where do you guys see the most orders? I'm assuming it's cold weather, but I mean, has Canada been a place that has reached out? Like, where are you guys finding like the biggest market holes for you guys? Yeah, I mean, it's actually, you know, the the, the biggest population states are the ones that get our orders. You know, okay. we get plenty to California, to Texas, to Florida. We sell a lot to Illinois. Um, and yeah, definitely a, a boost in all the Midwest states where it's cold, you know, Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio, like we, we do more there than we used to with projector screens for sure. Carl, are you a golfer? Like did, when did you get into golf? Yeah. Uh, how often are you getting a chance to play? I'm a very casual golfer. <laughs> I, okay. When I was younger, uh, my dad is pretty into golfing and we would go out. I worked with him for a while. And so we would go out after work and play, you know, nine holes for twilight or something like that. Um, and yes, very, very casual, never had a lesson in my life. You know what I mean? Um, and I haven't been out on a real course in a very long time. Uh, you know, but I, I tinker around with these on a pretty regular basis, you know, get out, go sit on the driving range for a little while and see what I can do. I mean, I'm assuming through the business, you're going to get a ton of invites to play golf. So, I mean, either you're you're busy with work, busy with other stuff to where yeah. you're turning those down. But I'm assuming occasionally you got to go out there and swing them in the real world. Right. You know, I've got three kids. Uh, they're, they're young. So. Okay. Well, there you go. There's the answer. There's the answer. I'm in that stage of life where no, that's, that's a huge advantage to the Sims is that when I have time to golf, it's like 10 PM. <laughs> So that's what's so great about the the golf sims is that you can do that. You can go play 18 holes at 10 o'clock at night and, um, you know, do it that way. So, yeah, I've never I've, that's interesting. I have two young kids as well, Carl. And I mean, I so I put a putting green in the backyard last year. Um, I live again. I live in Connecticut. So cold weather. But I mean, I can go out there and putt and chip as long as there's not snow on the ground. I can do it yeah. in the winter. But I've never thought about the sim advantage with the children before. And that's really smart because yep. the windows we have, like when my buddies come over now, I mean, you know, most of my friends, just like yours, I'm sure are in a similar position, young kids, you know, two kids, multiple kids, whatever the times we're chipping and putting is at night, yep. but to have a sim at night when both the kids are in your case, three kids go to bed, that window from nine to 10, when football's on, yep. you could go out there and play, like you said, nine holes and actually get a little bit of work in. Absolutely. You know, talking about other sports, that's one of my favorite things to do. Have some people over. You can put a game on the screen and like picture in picture, watch a football game on your on your golf course while you're playing 18. And it's like that that's a really fun way to spend an evening with some some friends. It's like a dream Monday night. You're like, you want to come over and we'll come over, watch the Packers. We'll do nothing. We'll hang out and that'll yeah. that'll be what we do. All right. Here's a question personally that I need to ask you. How much space do you need for one of these? Like, what's the space needed at a house yeah. to actually be able to put a, a Carl's Place sim in? Well, one of the first limits you run into is your height. You know, you need a place high enough to swing a club. You what's know, the number you tell people there? We prefer to have nine plus feet in, in ceiling height. Okay. A lot of people 
can do it in eight, they'll just only use their their irons, their short irons okay. or something like that. We, you'd be surprised how many people will do a sim where they can't swing their driver. Interesting, um, interesting. So yeah, we like nine, 10 feet is is really better if you can do that, that, that makes it really comfortable. Um, you know, single, single handed, you can get away with like 12 feet if you're not switching between righties and lefties. If you do have to switch between righties and lefties, you need 14, 15 feet. So you can, you know, get people swinging both sides. Um, yeah. And then, you know, 20 feet deep or so that's kind of flexible depending on how tight you, you know, you want uh, couches to watch or whatever. Um, we've seen, you know, we've seen a lot of people put these in like a spare bedroom. Okay. You know, those are some of the tighter installations where, yeah, you have eight foot ceilings, you know, it's a 12 foot wide room, <laughs> but Hey, if, if this, if you're a guy who just wants to go try your, your pitching wedge, you know, you can do that. So that works. I mean, it may, I mean, I guess it makes sense again. I mean, you live in a, maybe you live in a, in a busy city or a place that's condensed. You live in New York city or you live in San Francisco, places like that, where, you know, you have the room potentially if you had maybe a two bedroom apartment, but again, going to hit balls if you live in New York is almost impossible right. you know, outside of like Chelsea. But if you're just going to hit eight irons or nine irons and you're just simply working on one or two things to make sure the stuff's dialed. Yeah. I mean, it's an easy solution that in theory is going to save you a ton of money. Yep, uh, absolutely. And that's, that's why we see a lot of people doing exactly that. What's the, what's the most popular place that people install Sims in? Is it garages? Like what, what is a, What's the most pop basements I'm assuming are really popular? Garages usually work the best because most garages are a little taller for fitting vehicles in. Um, so most garages are going to be that nine plus feet tall. So that usually works up, works out quite well. Um, I mean, we've had people who dig out their basements to do it. You know, really? they, they've got an eight foot tall ceiling in their basement. So they pick a room jackhammer out the concrete dig it down <laughs> and now they got a 10 foot tall ceiling in that room and they stick it in there so um yeah garages basement um spare spare bedrooms those types of things so a lot of people build a build a shed just for it that's something that I, I really like to see you know you don't have space in your house or whatever so they go build a dedicated little shed in the in the yard just for their golf sim that's really cool Carl, are you surprised? It doesn't surprise me that much anymore, even though occasionally it does. I remember a few years ago on Twitter, I asked, what's like the weirdest thing you collect in golf? And yeah. this guy sent a picture. He had divots in plastic bags that he <laughs> he like he thumbtacked to his wall yeah. from different golf courses he played. And it ended yeah. up going kind of viral because it looked like such a psycho thing to do. <laughs> are you shocked at times at how obsessed with golf golfers are because even being as close to it as you are yeah i'm sure there are still times where you're like this dude's building a whole new room for this thing you know yeah, yeah golfers can be a special breed sometimes in that way um you see some of their rooms and they're just you know packed wall to wall with golf stuff on the walls I had a guy that built a whole extra floor on top of his house to to build a golf sim. So <laughs> tear the roof off and build another story. Um, yeah, people are dedicated. It, that helps us, you know, when you're willing to go that far to put your sim in, we say, great, that's, we'll be able to fit that. I was going to ask you, what's the strangest place you've put a sim in? I'm assuming yeah. building a whole floor on top of your house is probably yeah. near the top of your list. Yeah, that, that was one of the different ones. You know, you'd be surprised how many, um, people get really creative fitting these things in spaces where on first glance, you're like, that is not going to work. We, I was looking at one the other day where a guy had a, had a TV monitor right in the upper corner of the SIM screen. I'm like, boy, you really trust your shots to not want to uh, move that screen and, and not hit it right there. Cause <laughs> you, you must be good. 
Yeah, I would wreck that TV in like two shots. <laughs> where where are Sims growing? Like, where's a place either work wise or business yeah. or pro shops, like you said? Like, where do you see that kind of next boom in your business? That you know, homes have been great, obviously for you guys. I'm assuming this this business in country clubs, like my club in Connecticut, has three Sims in the winter. Where's that next step of boom? You feel like is either coming or has come to you guys recently? Yeah, I mean, we I still probably feel like the the biggest is home use. You know, that's that's still people are still kind of figuring out that this is a thing you can do and afford. Um, but yeah, then all the other kind of small independent like golf studio, golf sim studios that you're going to see pop up. I, I see that as a big uh, future growth. Just, you know, you want to you want to rent a sim for for a couple hours, um, you know, go here and and, you know, you, you can get like a season pass so you can go there whenever you want. Uh, that's what that's what I think we'll see a lot of in the future. All right. So if somebody wants to order a SIM from you guys from, is it an email? Is it a call? What's the first step in that, in that process? Yeah. Uh, any of the above, you know, we, we have a great tool on our website for like walking you through the decisions that you need to make. Um, and that's, that's really quite good. There are, we call it our, our build your own golf simulator tool. Okay. Um, but yeah, tons of people just pick up the phone, give us a call. We'll, we'll walk you through it, whatever, you know, your, your preferred way of handling it is we're down. So. All right. So, so I call you tomorrow. Mm -hmm. When is my SIM in my house set up? What's that? What's the timeline for that? Because, you know, people, we get obsessed with stuff. We want it right away. Right. Yep. Uh, generally a couple of weeks. Um, you know, it, it changes depending on the time of year, you know, uh, October, November, December, it gets really hot. And that's our lead times tend to get a little longer during those that period. But, you know, in the summer, it's just a couple of days. So, you know, depending on the time of year, a couple of days, a couple of weeks, somewhere in there. Carl, are you from Wisconsin originally? Yes, born and raised here. Is it crazy to know that this state you're in, which is a six, seven month season, maybe? Yeah. has become this incredible golf destination because I mean, it's like legitimately top two or three favorite golf state for me in the entire country. Yeah. It's, it's really cool to see. Um, you know, it's one of my favorite things about real golf, you know, going out and being outside <laughs> and having the sun on your face and, you know, trees, grass, all that stuff. And, you know, Wisconsin has so many great spots for that. So it's good to see people appreciating that. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, I just went to Cole, I, I went to color for the Ryder cup. Uh, I'd gone up there a few years ago with my dad when we were out there for Aaron Hills for the U S open, but I never played the courses. I mean, I'd walked them and driven yeah. golf carts and I got a chance to play them for the series. We did with scratch and I was blown away at whistling because I think playing it is such a different experience than obviously just seeing it. Yeah. And black Wolf's so good. And that part three, they did the bass is so cool. And then you've got Aaron and St. Valley and century world. And then the privates like yep. blue mound and Milwaukee. It's just, again, for a state that doesn't have a very long season, and I know some of the, what is it, La Sonia? Like, I mean, some of these places are unbelievable, yeah. and they're such, I know they've not become hidden gyms anymore because people talk about them a lot, but I just feel like you could go to Wisconsin for like two, three weeks and not check off all the boxes, you know? No, absolutely. You know, we we, we pack in our, our summers pretty tight here. You know, when, when the weather turns in like March, you know, you got people out on the course and everything's dead, you know, that's okay. They can't take their carts. They got to walk, but <laughs> they're always itching to be out there and it'll be like 40 degrees and you'll see a foursome out on the, out on the fairway in some of these places. So, yeah. Uh, Carl, one of the things up here that I noticed is there's like a toughness level to it when it's cold. Yeah. And the first run I played when I moved to Connecticut, I wore, I think I had three layers of pants and I think maybe three or four tops. Like I had 
an undershirt and a sweatshirt and a vest over that. And I was finishing and this dude was teeing off in shorts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, I'm not, t- I'm not that tough, obviously. I, I get my shorts out in, you know, March, put them away, usually November, <laughs> just because you got to, you got to take it when you can get it around here, you know, stretch it out as long as possible. Uh, Carl, how's, how's your sim set up? When did, first of all, when did you put it in your house? Like at what point in the building golf simulators, did you actually put one in your own house and what's your own setup now? I'm assuming it's pretty good. I, I don't have one in my house because I have the showroom right here. I live about. Oh, okay. 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 I, I live about two minutes away from our shop here. So, so this is my SIM, you know, that I use when I need it. Um, you know, our, we have, we have a few different setups in the showroom here, but I, uh, the one that I kind of uh, like to go to is either the uh, IXO2 with uh, GS Pro or the Foresight uh, GC Hawk. Um, those are all, those are, those are pretty good experiences. So. You're like, you know what? I'm going to leave. I got a two minute drive. I'm going to go. Yeah. I'm going to go hit balls for, for an hour and a half. Um, Absolutely. Have your kids got into it at all? Have they started swing them yet? Yep. They, they love, I mean, it's so cool to, to see some of like the different sort of fantasy courses you can play. The kids love that where, you know, you're hitting a golf ball under a dinosaur or, you know, all that cool stuff. Uh, There's some really creative stuff out there and yeah, the kids love that. Yeah. I'm my son still doesn't really care. He's four and he's still like, yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll kind of do like the, the karate chop golf swing, which just scares me. Yeah. Like he's going to kill me. Um, <laughs> but I've got a one and a half year old daughter and I think she's going to be my golfer. She's oh, okay. like, she pays attention to the dad. She wants to pick up the golf balls. Like yeah. she now drops them in the hole and things like that. So uh, maybe in a couple of years, I might be hitting you up and, uh, yep. and I'll need to sim up my spot. I, unfortunately, I, I mean, I was, kind of like thinking about my ceiling down here this is the basement i'm like i don't think i could do it down here but maybe i could talk the wife into the garage that could be the place get that jackhammer out bust up that floor <laughs> dig it out you can do it you can she do thinks it. listen she thinks i'm a nut <laughs> in and of itself if i started jackhammering the basement she'd be like what the hell are you doing now i'd be like it's just it's for work you'll be fine with it yeah you're gonna <laughs> love right it up. um carl tell uh, tell people where they can check you out where they can get set up and all that yep our website is carlofet.com um yeah you can you can check out the the do-it-yourself builder there and kind of explore all the different options or we have some kind of pre-configured bundles that people might be interested in or just give us a call that's that's right on the website there and if you have just no idea we have a great team of folks here that can help you walk through it so give us a call visit the website yeah it's it's nice to call a business and like somebody that's a human answers and can actually help you out because so many times you're you're confused or you don't know what's going on. And it's like, no, this is actually extremely helpful when you give people a ring. So yeah, uh, that's good to hear. Carl, thanks so much for the time. Really appreciate it. Um, like I said, I, who knows, maybe I'll buy a jackhammer this winter and it might get, I might get dialed. I'll let you know. We have a great design service. We can help you, you know, map it all out. You just let us know. We'll be ready to help out. If you see a jackhammer on my Instagram, you know where I'm going, <laughs> Carl. That's the key, but thanks for the time, man. I appreciate it. We'll keep an eye out. Thank you. We'll talk to you later. A big thanks to you guys uh, for supporting the podcast and listening. Going to have a couple of uh, podcast guests on over the next couple of weeks that play on the not big, big tours. They play on one-step-down tours. I'm going to chat with Shad Tootin next week, Ashley, who if you follow the Corn Ferry Tour at all, you saw the whole situation with Shad and the rules issue basically cost him his PGA Tour card. I was uh, I was texting with Shad this week about coming on next week and just talking about it, and he agreed to do it. So that'll be coming your way next week. Big thanks to everybody for, again, listening, supporting, following, commenting on the pod. Uh, I see those, and I appreciate them, 
And, uh, and yeah, couldn't do it without you guys. So we will check back next week. Have a great weekend. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids, no plug needed. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. (laughs) You can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. 